The following is a production of Art Trap Productions, brought to you by the Gallifrey Embassy and has been made possible by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This episode brought to you by Pachak Supporting Subscribers. Go to arttrap.com slash Pachak Supporter to become a supporting subscriber. Support the show and get extra content and other bonuses. This episode brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash podshock. Over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. This episode also supported by the Podshock Podcast Companion app for the iPhone, iPad, and iPod Touch now in the iTunes App Store. Afternoon. You've picked a lovely day for it. My don't. You look shiny. Haircut. Bit of a trim. Might want to do your roots. The woman. Yes, ma'am. Kate Stewart, divorcee, mother of two, keen gardener, outstanding bridge player. Also chief scientific officer, unified intelligence task force, who currently have you surrounded. Sorry, you left this behind on one of your previous attempts. So now that I have your attention, welcome to the only planet in the universe where we get to say this. He's on the payroll. Am I? Technically. How much? Shush. Any questions? Oh my god. Is it supposed to do that? Is that new? The sun was from St. Paul's, yes, I'd say that was new. It's going to mass panic. Everyone in London can see that. Everyone in London just clapped and went, we hush up trying to count. 87, I think. ACD. 91. Queen of Evil. How could St. Paul's be full of 91 Cybermen and nobody noticed? Dimensional engineering, one space folded inside another. Become the inside. Easy if you're a time Most people point south, a smaller number east. Yeah, but one straight up. So 91 isn't a coincidence? Of course it isn't. Osgood, 91, explain. 91 areas of significant population density in the British Isles. That's one Cyberman for every city and major town. It's happening everywhere, all over the world, right now. Live from the cloud, it's Doctor Who, Pachak. Gallifrey Embassy presents Doctor Who Podshock, episode 318. This is Louis Trapani, and joining me shortly will be Dave A.C. Cooper. So hello, hello, hello. Uh, as I just said, uh, Dave is uh, will be joining us momentarily. He's running a little late. And, uh, well, that's to be expected. It's, um, it's the day after part two of the series finale for 2014 of Doctor Who. And I see Dave is, um, is joining us right now, right on cue. <laughs> well, Q is another villain from another series, but um, <laughs> I should say, uh, correct. He, he's, he might be having some difficulty joining there. At least um, he blinked on and off there. 
Yes, Price. But it helps if I'm unmuted. Yeah, well, oh, yeah. no, you. I did unmute you, but then you then it went mute on its own again, and I had to unmute you again. It, you're probably not fully uh, well, upgraded it, yet. Yeah, you know. No, no, no. This is the Zygon Oswald, or whatever it's called. <laughs> no, is that one of the the theories going around? Zygon. No, I I Oswald, haven't heard that so, one, but it's, it's sure. Let's uh, we can we can, um, we can go with it. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I'm a Zygon Cooper. <laughs> ZC instead of AC, it's Dave ZC. Zygon yeah. Cooper, yeah. How are you, Dave? I'm very good indeed. Uh, very good indeed. I'm very good indeed. So it can't be me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're an android. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all that refreshing rain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. Well, it, it 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 wasn't dark water, so it was um it it was pollination. That water, I thought it was wine. There you go. It, ah, it, again. it could have been. It probably would have. It, it probably would have worked better if it was. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. That's my life. Yes. Well, we're, we just started the show. If you hadn't heard it, we just had the opening credits, so you didn't really miss much. So we're right. You, you're right on cue. If I can, you know, borrow a character from the next generation. Indeed. Thank you very much. So we have Kyle, and I should also remind everyone that you know, obviously, this is a live show. Feel free to call in while we're live. At seven two four 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 seven four four four, may the fours be with you. <laughs> All those fours. So once again, seven two four 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 seven four four four. And the call ID for the show is two three three five eight. Once again, that's two three three five eight. And um, if you're not live, well, if you're not calling during the live show, you can always uh, send in your feedback. Go to podshock.net. And um, tap on the, or if you're well, if you're on a, on a touchscreen device, tap on it, or click if you're on a traditional mouse or other pointer ta- a pointer device on a computer. Uh, there's a tab there for feedback, and we'll tell you how to send feedback to uh, feedback at podshock.net or use the po- the Podshock public call box. But I'll remind you at the end of the show about that. Let's. Um, we do have a live chat session while the show is taking place. Among the many in there are Kyle, who's uh, who's a regular, who's been um, kind enough to supply some of the overnight figures for this episode, which we're about to review. Death in Heaven. So, but before we do, um, so Kyle has put in that it was uh, 4.5 million up from. Uh, 5.27 last week, so definitely uh, an increase, which I somewhat predicted. You know, with a, when you have a two-part or a series finale, usually uh, it's you know, unless the first part is really horrible, it's going to build momentum, and you're going to get more people tuning in for the following week to because of the anticipation. Um, you also put in Dark Order uh, final figures, which was last week's uh, was 7.34 million. So um, I guess those are respectable figures. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. I think that's. I'm assuming that just counts broadcasts and not um, streaming and all that. You know, um, I, I don't know. Yeah, there's certainly certainly the death in heaven figures for that. Um, the dark waters are are the final figures, although it doesn't give the final charge 
position yet, and this is on DoctorWhoNews.net, and I'm sure there are other places where you can find it. I did notice earlier this afternoon, um, maybe, let's see, maybe about two, three hours ago, I, I happened to come across um, iTunes, the listing on iTunes, and it was the number two number two downloaded TV show um, episode. The, the number two uh, most downloaded episode of a TV show was uh, Death in Heaven. So, um, wow. not bad. Yeah, that is good. I mean, I don't know what people have to pay for it, but it's uh, well, excellent. It's uh, um, because by by the per episode, it's two. I think it's uh, two ninety nine US dollars if you buy it by the episode. If you get the season pass, it probably works out to be cheaper because then um, you get all the episodes plus the extras, and um, you know it, it comes out to be like twenty three. If you include include the extras, it's like twenty three or twenty four. Um, Episodes that you're you're downloading again. I'm including the extras as episodes because that's how it's how how it's counted on um, iTunes. Yeah, Carl's put thirty nine ninety nine actually, but uh, yeah, well, I couldn't. I I bought it you know <laughs> back in the summer or whenever it was you know made available, so I couldn't remember what it was. That sounds about right. Yes. Uh, the only other news, Doctor Who news related that I've seen, apart from the fact that they've already put out. Uh, a trailer for the Christmas special is that um, the children in need that's the BBC children in need yearly uh, you know like the American tele- mm-hmm. I think you call them telethons don't you yeah. um, it's been announced that there will be a Doctor Who segment oh, in that good. as per usual great no I hadn't heard that that's that's great it's, it's usually this time uh, of the year it's usually around Thanksgiving isn't it the um, yes, it starts building up uh, now. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it seems to run longer and longer. I mean, there are things going. Some of these things are going on for ages. I mean, uh, there are certain shows having charity uh, episodes anyway, but mm-hmm. um, the actual um, main event is is coming nearer to Christmas. Uh, but uh, anyway, the point is that they have said that they uh, there will be a you know, a, a piece in it. Yeah. Now I wonder if this is going to be something like a like a mini episode, sort of like what they've done, you know, like Time Crash or um, you know, maybe something to tie in uh, tie it into the Christmas special. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, well, they don't say. They just say uh, whether it will be in the form of a trailer or a mini episode is currently unknown. It might it might be a a special Christmas trailer. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, different to the one that's normally sent out. Which is nice, but I, I I prefer those little mini episodes, especially you know since uh, Stephen Moffat did say you know after last year we had uh, a couple successful mini episodes that went out through the net. We had um, well the most popular one would be the Night of the Doctor, and he had said um, you know that he would like to do more of those on the net. You know those those uh, mini episodes, if for the lack of a better term. Right. But speaking of the trailer, it wasn't included in iTunes. Um, that trailer, I did see it, but unfortunately, it, it it wasn't part of the next time. You know, I mean, we'll get to it on our review how you know they broke up the credits and all that. But it, it, there was after the credits were over, there was no you know next time or or a Christmas trailer, at least not on iTunes on on the streaming version there. So um, 
but it's you probably if you haven't seen it yet, I'm sure you can uh, catch it on the BBC um, YouTube channel. They um, it should be there. I, I probably won't watch it because I, I don't really believe in opening my Christmas presents early. <laughs> well, well, we'll count. We'll we'll hold that to you. You know, so <laughs> we'll hold it to you. Okay. Well, any other, I guess that that rounds up the the major news. Should I should I give our, our usual warning before we get into our, our review? Oh, please do. I enjoy it. Okay. Well, you know, this is the series finale, so there's lots to talk about. And as always, there's going to be um, no holding back on, on what we're going to talk about. So if you haven't seen Death in Heaven, remember... Spoilers. Spoilers. Again. Spoilers. 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 Well, you heard it here. Spoilers ahead. Spoilers. Spoilers. All right. Yes, we're going to be talking about spoilers and all other car accessories. All right. I'm running that joke into the ground. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't rain, man, Scout. It was pollen. Cyber pollen. Every tiny particle of a Cyberman contains the plans to make another Cyberman. All it has to do is to make a contact with compatible living organic matter and bang, full conversion. But if they have learned how to convert the dead, that's what 3W is for. She creates an all-new paranoia among the super-rich about dying. She exploits the wealth and the mortal remains of selected idiots so she can create a whole new race of Cybermen. Cybermen who can recruit corpses. Throw away your guns, man scout. It's all over. How can you win a war against an enemy that can weaponize the dead? They're not attacking apart from isolated incidents. They're just wandering about. They're newborns. Give them time. Why were you there this morning? Why were you already attacking? Been investigating 3W for a while, then we got a tip off. From a woman with a Scottish accent. Can't play to the gallery unless there's a gallery here I am. Dead bodies don't have minds, of course, but she's been upgrading dying minds to a hard drive for a long time. So, she upgrades the hardware and then she updates the software. What do you mean, a long time? How long? Well, she must have a TARDIS somewhere, so as long as she likes. The past, the future. How long, Doctor? How long has the human race had a concept of an afterlife? Turns out the afterlife is real, and it's emptying. Every graveyard on planet Earth... It's about to bust its banks. So this was uh, written by Stephen Moffat, and it's uh, directed once again by uh, Rachel uh, Talalay. I believe that's how it's pronounced. And it's part two, <laughs> as we said, of, um, of of two parts for the series finale. Last week being Dark Water, being the, the start of it, and um, here we um, this episode begins with a little um, catch up from last time, from last week, previously on Doctor Who. Which we had uh, as a little in the lower third, it said previously, and um, just to uh, fill in those that that um, may have a weak memory, um, which which sometimes is myself. So I um, I'm not I'm not I'm not putting that down. So yeah, it's great. You know, uh, in in those both those clips that we just played, you heard um, um, Gemma Redgrave who. Um, who plays Kate Stewart, daughter of Alistair um, Lethbridge Stewart, the Brigadier. Oh, yeah. 
I, I was, yes, Gordon, thank you. <laughs> so uh, it's it's great seeing her back. Um, it was great seeing Osgood back, though. Um, though we uh, her, her destiny in this episode is a little unfortunate, uh, but we'll, we'll get to that in a minute, I guess. Um, it's uh, I don't know. This is um. There's a lot to. I mean, we, this is was about an hour. It was like 57 and change. I think 57 minutes and and some odd seconds. So, uh, the, but it's packed full of material. <laughs> so, I think maybe last week, you know, other than building up the suspense and the and um, the reveals. After that was done, then there's not much that was in last week's. Once you get past all that, I mean, there, I mean, not to say that it was bad or anything. I'm just saying that it was it was it, as Dave said last week. It was the first. It was maybe the first um, one of third and two thirds of the story is this week. So this is really where everything else, um, you know, comes into being. Indeed, yeah. I mean, you're quite right. Even though the first one was the shorter episode, that one seemed to have a little bit of repetition in it, and it was belaboring some points in some ways. Um, but nonetheless, there were some scary concepts, and I, I'm going to uh, blow my own trumpet here, Lewis. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> uh, because at the end of BBC, they had over 200 complaints oh, about yes, that's... The, the concept of mm-hmm. people... Uh, who feeling. Uh, were dead, feeling pain. Although that was then immediately dismissed by the doctors, Balderdash. And of course, as we find here uh, in this this two, second two-parter, that um, uh, the the master and Missy wanted to 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 frighten people off cremation because with cremation she had no material for her Cybermen. So it was in her interest for people. Over a number of years, and you heard in that clip, we, uh, the doctor, by the way, very kindly reminds everybody that she must have a TARDIS somewhere nearby. Mm-hmm. So the escape route is already planned for whatever. Perhaps it looks like a gravestone at the moment, the uh, TARDIS. You never know. Uh, the, the, yeah, the point is that um, that was, was what was happening. Uh, and as I say, the, um, on, the, on the show, Podshot last week, um, and that was, of course, episode uh, three seventeen, was, yes. wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I said that I thought that it was a little bit, a bit too difficult for young people to have that, especially if they've just lost a granny or a nanny, um, you know, in a week or two later, and, and they're suddenly been told that, uh, you know, that they're still in pain. Yeah. And although you might argue, well, two hundred or hundred and whatever it was, complaints out of five and a half million people watching it's not a lot they usually on complaints of the bbc go on something like um and they do it with uh, if they get letters in it's sort of you know for every 10 people that uh think oh that's a bit naughty you know only one of those will maybe say i'm going to write a letter Yeah. And only one of those ten that say I'm going to write a letter, write the letter. And only ten of, one in ten of those that write the letter actually can find the stamp and be bothered to post it. Are they cool? So for every letter they get, they can assume there's at least another 99 people that didn't who take action. Thought, but were too lazy to do anything. Yeah. yeah. 
So it was quite a quite a thing. I mean, well, the point you made last week was that it's it's a family show, so you have younger viewers. I mean, for the, for those uh, that are maybe a little bit more mature, we'll just write it off as you know, this is fiction. It's a uh, sci-fi show. It's a fantasy, whatever. But you know, those that are younger, it might be troubling. Um, you know, dealing with that concept. Mm, indeed. So, um, that, I mean, we, we, we had a, a lot late, but it, there's still some repetitiveness. Now, in the clips, we, we, I skipped over the, the first part, which is really what, again, I think was uh, Stephen Moffat baiting the fans somewhat, where we have the scene where Clara declares that she's the Doctor. Yes. Now, it was obviously, obviously a subdiffuse, mm-hmm. uh, so that the, the, the uh, Cyberman didn't kill her. But of course, if that's taken out of context and you use that as like a little promo, or a little teaser, well, they did, or even it gets it gets leaked. Yeah, it was in the trailer for um, you know after yeah. in the forest of the of the night when they had the trailer for the following week, which was essentially a trailer for both episodes since last week didn't have a trailer for this one, but it it was in that. So you heard uh, Clara's declaration that you know there is no Clara Aswald, you know and. That was in the trailer, but it was all a ruse, as we discover here. I mean, because then we start thinking, you know, now we had like a week or two to start contemplating, you know, because Clara's existence was always a little, um, you know, she was the impossible girl. And, um, you know, and she was in all these different time streams of the Doctor. And then you start wondering, well, you know, what's what does that mean? You know, is this, you know, who is Clara and all that? And um, is this really the real Clara? And, you know, but it turns out to be that was just... (laughs) Like you said, Stephen Martin uh, playing with more us. And more important, yeah, yeah, more and more important. The only thing was, and I, I did quite like the way, by the way, that, that it wasn't a Cyberdyne badge, but the badge on the front. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they, the they got rid of this. Uh, that's Pete's world Cybermen. So I, I'm assu- yeah, yeah. I think we are to assume that yeah. these are our world Cybermen. Indeed. But it, it was a scanning device, wasn't it? We had this lovely blue light come and scan it. Now, one would have thought that scan would have shown up the fact you only had one heart, which I suppose was a little bit of a flaw in that. But on the other hand, it, it was at least her thinking on her feet. The more she's with the doctor, the more she thinks like the doctor. Of course, she's had the uh, uh, proclivity to uh, lie now, uh, which... Again, has been one of the things that has played out in the Danny character. I think mm-hmm. uh, the Danny Pink character has not been. Um, is, uh, it's been difficult to like Danny Pink as a character. I think because he's been so um, had this defensive shell uh, in terms of you know being this wounded soldier, wounded in terms of the the, the torment that he had. Uh, obviously, we found out that it was a. A, a, a real world war that he was involved in, and it was this guilt that he had for killing this this young child that had been presumably hiding in a building, and then, and then um, he'd thrown the grenade or, or whatever it was that had happened. But Dave, um, you weren't completely so, wrong about him being a unworldly an unworldly soldier as well, because in the end, that's what he becomes. Okay, I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> but the point, the point being is that um, I think all, because Stephen Moffat, as we know, as you say, wrote this two-parter, he wrote the first two episodes as well. So, mm-hmm. and obviously we, he's, he appears on the writing credits of a few of these episodes where we know from past experience that's usually where the show director is saying, 
well, I like the story, but I need to add this bit in for the story arc and so on. And um, uh, I think it was all leading up to this scene where, um, you know, we have Danny Pink as... Because... And there was some confusion, I think. Some people weren't sure at the very end of the last episode whether Danny Pink had hit the delete button on his emotions or not. I was just hovering there. I think you noticed, you suddenly noticed the reflection of that young boy in the in the iPad as well, uh, which was obviously reflecting, <laughs> reflecting mm. the importance of the boy would, would play in this part. But it, it's uh, interesting so that we didn't see... I, I don't mean to stop on you, but it's interesting that we didn't no, see that no. scene pick up because it left... That's how last episode left, and we didn't... It didn't pick up... You know, one might assume that's where this episode would pick up on, and it didn't. But if, if they'd have shown the resolution of that, that would have given away... Oh, yeah. ...what Danny was in terms of when Clara takes this act of faith... Uh, um, and she embraces him after his emotions have been, uh, you know, put in check. The doctor believes that the, 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 the scenario was that if they, they save him from all the pain... Remember, we've had this before where somebody's been served in changing... They have to get rid of the emotions because they'd look at themselves in the mirror and go mad. That was, that was the scenario that's been used in the past. Um, and that's one of the reasons, and also to make them more uh, be controllable and so on. But the point is that Danny had to have that scene, um, and Clara had to be in jeopardy, and the Doctor had to be put in this case where the Doctor needs to know. Uh, we had that played out in the uh, the Mummy on the Orient Express, didn't we, where um, Clara thought the Doctor was heartless because he seemed to be recruiting that young girl from the, the, the luggage compartment mm -hmm. to come and face the mummy uh, because the doctor needs to know about the mummy. So it looks as though he's going to let another one die uh, so I can save you. The same thing we had with the um, Into the Dalek one where, you know, uh, catch this, you know, oh, will that save me? Well, no, but it would track where he would go to. So, again, so in this case, we're, we're led to this dilemma of the Doctor. Uh, he has to know, uh, but Danny won't tell him unless he mm -hmm. releases him from the pain that he's in and therefore putting Clara in jeopardy and so on. So um, I, I do feel as though Danny's likability is being sacrificed in a way, all the way through, simply because of this this more emotional scene that he wanted right at the end. Because, um, um, uh, and I was referring to him earlier as uh, he's actually Danny Pink slip now, isn't he? Because uh, on the morgue table, uh, you know, it, so you know, because obviously externally there's no way of knowing which remains of human are inside each yeah. Uh, yeah. cyberman. So you see him get off the, the table, and uh, there's the little thingy, and it says Danny Pink. I, I, yeah. And, I didn't yeah. see that the first time. First time watching it, I saw I mean, I, I saw him um, get up and, and grab the paper, but somehow I missed the name on it. So uh, <laughs> it wasn't until the second view until... Um, but I, I, I figured it out somewhere along the line who it was, but it was interesting uh, not, you know, watching it the first time and actually not knowing it until... Um, until I worked it out who it was, so um, I think they could, they could have done it either way. But I think that was um, it was interesting the way he, they, they kept on referring back to the hand with the paper in it as a visual cue on um, since they all look the same, like you know who it is, which Cyberman it is. Yeah, I should perhaps uh, clarify as well. In the UK, 
uh, we we don't. Uh, I mean, I believe in America, pink slip refers to the ownership of a car. Well, we don't have pink slips in that sense in the UK. Uh, well, in so the US, it means you're fired. <laughs> it means it, 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 you've been made it. redundant. So it's oh. when you get let go of a job, is uh, you get your pink slip. Oh, it's P45 in the UK. But um, so, so I always thought with from Quantum Leap when they used to race for cars, they used to race for the pink slips. But what do I know? Uh, maybe somebody in text will help us out with that. But uh, uh, I do feel as though there was a, an awful lot. We, you said the episode was almost 60 minutes. In actual fact, the story was over in 45 minutes, mm -hmm. wasn't it? Because we had like three. We, we had um, a little bit like. Um, um, Lord of the Rings, didn't we? Had like sort of three endings, really. Yeah. Uh, in the final scene, but there were some spectacular things. I mean, if you watch the extra again, I mean, we had a whole uh, rock amount that they were on with this. Uh, it wasn't Air Force One. I think it was called Boat, Boat One or something. Yeah. I don't know where, but I don't know where they got that one from. But. Yeah, I thought it was a little odd, but I think later on, I, uh, you know, Kate Stewart had said that they didn't want to make it obvious you know, where the president was. So maybe it was part of the, you know, you know, the, the subject. So people would look on yeah. the train, not in the air. Yeah, yeah. It was called the boat. Right. And of course, unfortunately it had a, I think, I mean, I know Peter Moffat does put some tropes in, but I think one of them was definitely, um, I think Mike on our show talked about it was, um, you know, the uh, terror at 30,000 feet, the, uh, the Twilight Zone one with the, with the gremlins. Oh, the yes, yeah, I thought of that apart. too, when watching it. The, when I first saw the Cyberman in, in the window, I, I, I was, you know, <laughs> looking for William Shatner. <laughs> <laughs> or or um, John, John Lithgow for, for the newer version. <laughs> right. Right, but but speaking of uh, references, uh, there, there were some ref in that same uh, scene. Well, before that scene, uh, but on that same plane, there was references to uh, to the Thunderbirds and, and Captain Scarlet, and even the Doctor mentions Sylvia Anderson, who's uh, the wife of um, of um, oh my God, I just Jerry, Jerry, Jerry thank you, I just Jerry lost his first name. Who uh, you know they were co-conspirators, if you will, um, partners in um, in, com in creating these shows. You know, Thunderbirds and whatnot. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, there was an awful lot. I mean, it really got great. I mean, uh, that first scene, I think, from the first clip where where um, uh, Kate Stewart comes up with the the cyberhead, that's really where the story finally sort of lifts off from uh, part one. Um, and so, do you think it was again a little bit frightening um, alongside what I said last week? Oh, um, mm -hmm. you know, because we, uh, I mean, because uh, you see, I'm old enough. I, I remember, I never went to see it, it was too frightened. But I think it was a famous horror film called something like I Spit on Your Grave. And the famous poster for that was a hand coming out of a. Uh, a grave, you yeah. know, the, the chippings below the and a hand coming up. It's, it's iconic. Now that's considered, you know, eight, eight, yeah, but it's considered horror for 18 year olds, you know, it was, mm -hmm. it was NC 17 or what do you call it in America. I mean, it was, in fact, now here we had, uh, I thought the water was very well done. I mean, we even had water running uphill into one of the little things. And then the other thing is, you know, uh, banging on the inside of the, uh, you know, the mortuary doors. Mm -hmm. I yeah. mean, um, uh, that's sort of what we would say in the UK. And excuse the pun with water, 
that's an after the watershed type of show. <laughs> well, it does echo a little bit to the 1996 Doctor Who movie, where uh, the Doctor is uh, regenerating in there and start and starts banging on the on the thing to get out. Right. But the, right. but you but you're right. The flooding, the, the the liquid flooding is a cool effect. It should have been wine, but that, I thought that was done very well. Though personally, it brought back some uneasy memories after Sandy. But, oh, but uh, other other than uh, that, I think it was a well effect. And and as you mentioned, the the you know the cyber hands coming out of the graves. It's it, that's like iconic horror imagery. And I think you know it was done. I think they did it very well. But you know, I, I again, I think it's to put. The younger viewers behind the sofa, you know, and uh, yeah. I, I, but I, I think they they did it very well. You, you had the clouds overhead, so they uh, they the color tinted the scenes very dark, and so even though it wasn't at night, it had this like eerie color tone, you know, to it because there there were dark clouds overhead. Uh, so you know, it's uh, fitting that it happened. You know, at least in the states, close to Halloween here, so it's it has it has that little um, Halloween, you know, graveyards, and you know, it had a little spooky element to it. Right, and it, it, it is also as well in the UK. It's quite often the case that they can show violence if they don't show blood, and of course there was no blood in any of those scenes, so that gives them a little bit more of uh, mm-hmm. leeway in what they can do. Um, but. Um, no, there's a, there was an awful lot to recommend this. I mean, uh, and uh, and and the the irony as well, wasn't it? The, the fact that uh, the missile, the master, has tried to conquer Earth so many times, uh, and then the doctor comes in and uh, he says to Mrs. Rule the world, and uh, then over the Indian comments, yes, Mr. President, we're ready for you. It was easy peasy, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and we uh, see the you know going back to the first episode of the Cybermen, and and which each each episode that they come back and uh, not every single each episode, but you know if if you look at the history of the Cybermen and Doctor Who, they're constantly upgrading themselves. You know, not not just in the sense you know I know it's a catchphrase you know being upgraded, but they, they're constantly modifying and altering. Their appearances and how you can see how they originally looked with, you know, with cloth and you know headlights on the on the on the head and all that, and then um, and now we see this happening again because now they can fly. Now they have uh, these like jet um, jets in their heels or whatever, and um, you know it sounded it looked kind of familiar. I don't know if, if it was done maybe in comic books or somehow that it just had a familiar feel to it, but I, I think it, it worked very well here, you know. Um, well, we've seen the master fly like that, haven't we, unfortunately? Yeah, um, I think Kyle has just put a new... Uh, and I agree, even though I haven't seen the Iron Man movie, it reminded I'm, me of Iron Man. Right. Yeah. And it's it's great that we... Because we saw it... Um, it was in the artwork for last week's episode, the, the old Cyberhead. Um, some people were calling it Handles too, you know, but we didn't see it in last week's episode. And here, you know, we see Kate. I think, you know, because the Cyberman says, uh, you know, I'm paraphrasing here that, um, you know, Earth, your weapons have no effect on cyber technology or, or something like that. And, and Kate pulls out the head. Oh, yeah, we have this from your last visit here or one of your previous attempts or something like that, she said. Yeah, I was looking very carefully, by the way, and I, but I don't, I don't think they did it. Sorry, I'm getting a bit of an echo there. That um, in the scene where Danny Pink rescues Clara and shoots the other three 
Cybermen, uh, you know, in the actual uh, inside mm -hmm. uh, the uh, museum. Uh, and then at least one of the heads rolls onto the floor. I thought, I wonder if they've used the same prop, but it didn't look the same prop. Because I was thinking, because there was no way that that uh, she would have had the same cyber head, but I thought, I wonder if they've cheated there and used the same prop, but it didn't look like the same head. Yeah, no, it was an older, older Cyberman damaged. version. Yeah. And it was yeah, damaged it was too, but, but it was an older style yeah. Cyberman, uh, going to the point yeah. that the Cybermen are constantly changing. And I like the way they, you know, it's it's not like, it's just, you know, sort of like how Star Trek did with the Klingons, they sort of ignored it up until uh, there was a Deep Space Nine episode that, that touched upon how the Klingons changed their look, but but here in Doctor Who, the you know the Cybermen are always constantly changing their looks. But at least they sort of acknowledge it, and um, you know we see sometimes an old Cyberhead or whatever. You know, going back to uh, I think it was the episode Dalek um, back in two thousand and five with Christopher Eccleston. He uh, comes across an old Cyberhead. Right. So uh, yeah, I, th I think that was interesting. It was great seeing uh, Unit back again, and as I said. Uh, uh, Gemma um, uh, Ray Redgrave comes back as Kate Stewart, and uh, as I mentioned before, we—well, I, I don't—I want to get ahead of us. So why don't I? Um, yeah. Uh, why don't I play another clip and then we'll? Or, or actually, the other clips. All right, whatever. I'll play another clip. But though, I, I, what we, our discussion doesn't actually have to coincide with the order of the clips. No. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Where did you get this number? The woman in the shop wrote it down. It's a helpline, isn't it? Computer helpline, love. That's the one. Best helpline in the universe. You put us together. I kept you together. Who put that advert in the paper? Who gave you my number? The woman, the woman in the shop. And there's a woman out there who's very keen that we stay together. Why? She's perfect, isn't it? The control freak and the man who should never be controlled. You'd go to hell if she asked. And she would. Phone's ringing, Doctor. Can you hear that? Now that is the sound of your chain being yanked. Heel, Doctor! <laughs> With Danny. Danny's dead, Clara. Not yet. Not quite, but he wants to be. Clara. Clara. He's a Cyberman. Doctor, Danny's a Cyberman. And he's crying. So, we finally get the, the revelation of uh, who, uh, who was that woman in the shop, and... Um, you know, and who placed that that ad in the paper was all tied up there. Yeah, that was good that they did that. I mean, uh, it may not be a big point, but it, I mean, he has been accused of uh, leaving these things too late, and that that seemed an appropriate time to sort that out. Yeah, and it, I mean, not that it was that surprising because we were kind of piecing that together that it was either Missy or someone that was being controlled by Missy. You know, uh, you know, at at, at some point. Uh, it was great seeing Matt Smith right. again in a, in a flashback. Yeah, cameo. Yeah, yeah. So, which, and then I think right after that scene is where we lose, um, where the, well, where we think we're, they, 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 she kills Kate's, 
Stewart. I mean, right before that, she had killed um, Osgood, which I thought was an interesting character. And then instead of the scarf, now she's wearing a bow tie. That was a nice, uh, you know, call back to, uh, you know, to the 50th anniversary special. Uh, you know, nice, <laughs> nice bow tie. Or, uh, yeah, she says bow ties are cool or something like that. So I think it was a really interesting character. I, I know the actress who plays her, uh, what's her name? Um, uh, Ingrid Oliver enjoyed the, yeah yeah play, enjoyed the part as well, and she was a little uh, upset to see her the character go. But she said it's science fiction, so you never know. Uh, but the, you know they can do a time travel episode where they go back before she's um you know expired before well, the, the character master. has a sister, and of course we have the Zygon copy of her as well. Yeah, well we let Zygons be the Zygons. Uh, chill. <laughs> so yeah, when I was watching it the first time, I, I I really took it that you know after after the I don't know I I want to say the master, but after Missy killed Osgood, I I thought for sure she did the same with Kate Stewart, and I said oh that's a shame. It was a such an interesting both of them were such interesting characters, but. Um, if you've seen the extra episode, it was Stephen Moffat wanted when she, when he brought the master back, he wanted to make sure that you that he was that people knew that he she she I guess I'll use the pronoun she now is uh is evil you know and and the, you know there's nothing that's going to stop her from getting you know you know getting her way whatever so be it who it is someone's going to die someone you know and it turned out to be Osgood and somebody you cared about I yeah. mean. Uh, like uh, Ian was saying, he was saying that, uh, I mean, like uh, the um, soldier on the plane got killed, but no uh, Colonel Ahmed. But he didn't really, I mean, he wasn't really a character. This was somebody who had been brought back, and mm-hmm. he thought, oh, great, she's back. Uh, and um, and she also showed she had initiative, she had, uh, and she even, of course, virtually in, in a sort of, um, in a, what's the word? Uh, the way the doctor said time and space to it, you know, we assume yes. that was and maybe an invite, a, a promise of a, a ride in the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I thought that was interesting. So yeah, I, 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 so, I, I there's there's a lot in this that um, there, there's just it, it seemed like um, scene after scene there there was just a lot to. Uh, to enjoy those, um, I think last week was sort of the appetizer before the meal, um, and also right. in in this scene we right before the plane uh, starts uh, to explode and, and crash and all that. Missy is uh, we see that she has the technology that they um, that's afforded with that wristband. I guess is that she was able to transport like a transporter beam off the plane. She dematerialized. Off the plane, and then they then they were watching, um, you know, the doctor fall. But maybe this this transporter beam, her, you know, uh, dematerializing like that, is a foreshadowing on how they'll bring her back into a future story, uh, possibly. Well, yes, indeed, because the, the the doctor was holding her own device at her, which we know because we saw her kill a few people with it. it was like a red. Uh, yeah. plane. and the, the the supposition is that the the, the cyber uh, with the Stuart the Colonel Leftbridge Stuart inside fired the cyber weapon, which was presumably blue because they had the blue glowing light. But um, she also had that 
bracelet that she'd passed over. Now, whether, I mean, if I was in charge of, uh, you know, alien soldiers, one thing I'd do is make sure I was impervious to their weapon that I was giving them. So um, that was one. Ah, whether it would it mm-hmm. would trigger her, her to transport. Or indeed, uh, we know the Master's already been encased inside a ring once, don't we? From that one that was found on a funeral pyre and picked up. Uh, we assume uh, that might have been... Uh, the female body that became this master. There's also some talk about from the day of the doctor whether the master escaped from one of those pictures or paintings. Um, but um, what I'm thinking is that at that point when she was fired on, uh, either one of those great, I mean, I suppose it would have been a bit of coincidence, but if that gravestone nearby her was actually the entrance to her target, or indeed if she got zapped into that ring. Um, I don't know, but um, well, there was there was an awful lot. We um, I, I, again, I, I don't mean to you know belabor this because I know we're reviewing Death in Heaven and not and and pe- many people haven't seen the extra episode. But um, just re- going back to that because um, it has some information pertaining to this, where um, Stephen Moffat had had. Uh, mentioned about this about um, about the master constantly dying during uh, you know during the the era of uh, Peter Davison and, and Colin Baker you know the, the master was constantly being killed off and was just come back and you know and it wasn't really fully ex- explained so I don't know if that's what he had plans to do where she'll come back and, and not really fully explain what had happened we'll see but I, I think there there are various different ways that they can wriggle their way you know. And uh, explain it away. Oh yeah, absolutely. I would think so. But now we see the doctor descending from the sky, and immediately when I was watching this, I immediately thought of James Bond. And going back to the, to, to again, to, I don't mean to, but going back to the, this extra thing is uh, there's a, a short interview there with um, Peter Capaldi, and he had made the same reference to James Bond because uh, I, I don't remember the. the, the the exact Bond films, but there was one or two Bond films where y- you see them f- falling out of the sky from an airplane and and <laughs> and diving and able to kind of direct themselves while they're falling. The Goldfinger's plane, wasn't it? Goldfinger's plane, he jumps out and he's fighting for a parachute of someone else. It, it could be. It's been a while since I've seen them all, but I, I have seen uh, um, the majority of them. All the, cl- all the older ones I've seen. Yeah, I, I thought it was. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I really thought there was there was a lot going on here in this story, a, a lot here to uh, to kind of enjoy and, and sink your teeth into. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I mean, the whole. Uh, the, there's always been this argument that that sometimes the resolution comes too quickly, and in a way, the the, the seed of the destruction is always within the the means itself because. Um, of course, well, we had two Cybermen that still had their own self-control. Um, so we have uh, Danny um, going up and commanding the Cybermen to, uh, you know, to, to basically uh, kill all the seas. I mean, we've had things like that in Poison Sky, haven't we, in the past? There is definitely a feeling, uh, rightly or wrongly, that um, we're seeing a replay of old stories here. Now, in some cases, you can argue that's a homage. In other cases, some people think 
Uh, no, certainly one individual that uh, feels as though Moffat's run out of ideas, so he's retreading old ideas. But I think there's an awful lot that's just, you know, picking on good ideas and, uh, and playing them through. Um, a little bit towards the end, if, sorry if I'm going too far no, along no, the storyline, no. but it's okay. the, the, the scene where uh, we're in the cafe and... Um, uh, we've ha- well, no, let's let's talk about the scene with Danny first of all, because uh, I've just mentioned that bracelet, and there seems to be this way where Danny holds in on that bracelet. That's the way that gets um, back to her, but it only allows one person through, and the guilt that this poor lad has had that's really poisoned the the connection between Danny and Clara all the time. Because he he never wanted to go and he didn't want to go and see the the sun erupting in the uh, in the sun. He said he's had too many adventures, uh, you know, nasty things happen when you have adventures. He wanted plain old, you know, Mister Reliable, uh, you know, w- see what's in front of him and enjoy that. Uh, and that's the barrier that's been put between the relationship blooming, because Clara's that definite free spirit in her. You know, she doesn't want to settle down yet. She wants Danny. Uh, but she, well, you could argue that that's been done before with, um, you know, Amy and Rory. Uh, their relationship, Rory seemed, he only went on the adventures because he, he wanted to stay with her, didn't trust the doctor with her, and she wanted to go on the adventures having a little bit of cold feet from her wedding. But um, here we get the situation where, because of this build-up to what Danny's eventually going to do, this heroic thing, but it also, having done the heroic thing, allows him to clear his own conscience. Because instead of returning to Clara, there's only one person can be let through. And like the Tenth Doctor saves Wilf instead of himself, he saves the young boy. Um, but then we get to the scene in the, um, the the cafe. And how many important scenes have happened in Doctor Who in the cafe? Lovely one with the Tenth Doctor and Wilf, mm-hmm. where they're in a cafe. Um, but this one is where uh, she, they're at cross purposes, and it's just to me like um, Sarah Jane Smith leaving the fourth doctor. You know, uh, she's sort of, she wants to tell him that she, she was leaving, but then she's not leaving because Danny isn't going to share life, so now suddenly she's free and she can stay with him. The doctor, of course, being sent on this fool's errand, the doctor's a fool, he says, uh, so he goes to look for Gallifrey because um, he's, he's jinxed into this idea that the one place he wouldn't look for Gallifrey was where it originally came from. So he goes to look for it, and then he's disheartened when he finds out he opens the TARDIS door and it's not there. So, But that's only because the TARDIS is pointing the wrong it. direction. No, I'm joking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just had to look in yeah, the... Yeah, if the there were back doors, he could have, it was right there. <laughs> No, but, but it's I'm, refired, I'm the fact that he's going to search for it. Well, of course, with the Sarah Jane and the fourth Doctor, he was being summoned to Gallifrey, and he couldn't take... At that point, they couldn't take non-Gallifreyans there. So he had to um, dismiss uh, Sarah Jane, and they were talking at those cross-purposes. Well, we had a, a rehash of that in some ways. Um, so whether you say it's a homage, whether it's, it's borrowing from the best, whether it's reminding newer viewers that there's some great stories to be had in the classic ones, or whether it's somebody who has, you know, run out of original ideas and therefore they're replaying the other ones. I got a, a, a podcast called Talking Twilight Zone, and there's always this feeling that uh, in that, every story they do twice. 
they always do the two sides of the coin. So in one series, they'll have a story where, you know, a magic potion brings somebody nothing but bad luck. And then about 20 episodes later, they'll have a similar storyline, but with the opposite results. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you always get two stories out of every script. You could argue that that's what has been going on. But I do feel, and I know you're going to do a proper wrap-up of the series as a whole, mm-hmm. I yeah. do think there's been some very good stories. And I think uh, uh, whether sometimes the way the, the story arc has had to make the characters be a little bit misshapen to put them in the right holes for this episode may have detracted and maybe said, I didn't like the Barry Pink, uh, this, that, and that. I don't like the fact that the Master is missing. Uh, but the reason I don't like it is because I don't see it as anything wrong with the Master. I just see it as being a a, a, um, a precursor step to yeah. Stephen Moffat making the Doctor yeah. female. I'm, I'm going to get to that in a, in, a, in a minute. But just getting back to what you originally were saying with... Um, you know, re- retreading certain themes. I mean, I said that last week yeah. when, you know, when Danny Pink passed away, as I here we go again with the companion's boyfriend dying, you know, Rory, anyone, you know, does this ring a bell? I mean, he was constantly, you know, uh, that was the inside joke, you know, during that era was that Rory was constantly dying. So, uh, but I think here it wasn't um you know i don't think well okay i i don't think he's he i I wanted to say i don't think he's coming back but see what the only problem i really have with this episode is is that is is that is that um epilogue if you will at the end where see i thought he's a cyber you know he he was in a process of being a cyberman and uh you know we obviously he gets the the ring, and then he, you know, he goes up into the sky and into the clouds, and he said he was going to burn, and um, and that was. It. I thought him burning and 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 his other Cybermen doing the same or whatever, you know, t- getting rid of those clouds were the end, and that's you know, I, I, and then all of a sudden he's somehow living on in some sort of existence, which to me that I didn't that to me wasn't fully explained, and then he brings this boy back, which I understand the reason behind it and and the motivation there. But I don't understand, how did the boy get his body back? If he was killed years ago, his body is probably all, you know, <laughs> decayed now. He said he's been dead for a long time. You find his parents, and yet he brings them, you know, he was just stored in this, his mind was just stored in the in this matrix, if you will, this hard, Gallifrey hard drive, I think, is that, or cloud, or whatever you want to refer to, the Nevisphere. So he he doesn't have a physical body, yet now he does. Right. Well, well I, uh, the reason I, I thought that was the fact that the Missy character would go inside the sphere. She, she, I think she did go inside the sphere with that. So it must be some way that it can replicate your body or whatever. So maybe that, that's a transitional device. And, of course, it's not real science, obviously, it never is, but at least it's less magic-y than something to feel yeah. as though, you know, you put, you put the ring on that and it... it it basically recreates your body for you. Uh, but, yeah, the point is that it gave Danny completion. Um, the, the, I, thought, I thought what you were going to say is the fact that um, the, the, the surprise ending, you know, leading into the Christmas one where, you know, oh, it can't end like that. That was what you were leading into, the fact that Danny may not be done, Clara may not be done. Oh, but yeah, I think... I, I think yeah. Danny has I, to be done at this point. I, I think 
I hope, you know, Dan, I mean, I hope it's not going to be another Rory thing where, you know, he's going to constantly come back. But I, I think, I don't think that's the case. I think we are going to see Clara again, though. I, I, I think for sure we'll see her in the Christmas special. You know, and, and that, that whole right. Santa Claus scene was, uh, you know, which... I, it was such, that was a, a shock, not a shock, but a surprise to me because I wasn't expecting. You know, when hearing that voice, I'm like, well, who could that be? You know, <laughs> so when the when it was revealed who it was, that was uh, that that was kind of yeah, surprising. Well, I don't mind Clara coming back, but I hope that damn turkey didn't come back. The one they were cooking <laughs> forever last year. Yeah, you don't want you don't want your Thanksgiving dinner. It was dinner. Cooked, half cooked, not cooked. It, it was pale white. It was cooked. <laughs> Well, I, I think this uh, this clip here uh, goes to uh, to the scene we were just talking about, so I'll play it. Brilliant. I am not a good man. I'm not a bad man. I am not a hero. I'm definitely not a president. And no, I'm not an officer. Do you know what I am? I am an idiot. With a box and a screwdriver. Passing through, helping out, learning. I don't need an army. I never have, because I've got them. Always them. Because love, it's not an emotion. Love is a promise. And he will never hurt her. P.E. Catch! You didn't notice, did you? while you were doing all your silly orders, while you were showing off the one soldier not obeying. No, that's wrong. That's impossible. Rain will not fall. Oh? Why won't it? The clouds will burn. And who will burn them? I will burn them. How? I will burn. One burning Cyberman is hardly going to save the planet. See, I thought that was his way of saying, I'm going to sacrifice myself to save the planet. Him mm-hmm. burning along with this, uh, the other Cybermen, you know, because he says correct. And then he brings up this, you know, the, the army of Cybermen that are there. So I, I thought that was his, that was the end of him, you know. And then, so I wasn't expecting to see him back in some other dimension. Well, it was a sacrifice if he thought it was the end of him. It was all, presumably, as the doctor says in the cafe, presumably he figured it out. Uh, yeah, I know. It was all exposition way, that was kind of explained it, yeah. away, but it wasn't, it, it, I mean, until then, it, doesn't, it, it, it yeah. didn't gel, you know, unless there's a cut scene somewhere that, that I don't know. It's, I mean, it's not deal breaker. It's just that's the, the one part of the story that, I felt didn't really jive, didn't really hold together for me. But, um, I mean, the rest of it. Well, the, the other thing is, I'm going to, um, going back to what you were getting to before, before um, um, I said we'll get, I want, we'll talk about that in a minute. We didn't really talk about it last week when it was revealed that, that Missy is now the master. And, see, I have no problem with, with the master being female. I do have a problem, and I've said this before on Dr. Hupachak, is that, um, is that the process of that happening through regeneration I have a problem with. I, I don't agree. Um, again, Stephen Moffat had said in this extra that, that, uh, that, um, that, that we've come to the point where it's, um, it's that, that regeneration can lead to um, changing genders and all that. And I always feel that with Doctor Who, I mean, you have this, 
magical box that he can go anywhere and any time and any place. Uh, you know, th- there's a lot of fantasy elements already in it, and I always enjoy that that's that it's somehow balanced with some restrictions. You know that you know that's why I always like th- that he couldn't rege- he can only regenerate twelve times, even though I knew you know when the point came and if the show was still on they would overcome that. But I think you know that the the police that the TARDIS always stays in the form of the police box, and that there's certain limitations, certain restrictions to counterbalance the can do anything magical thing, you know, to kind of balance things out. So I don't have a problem with the, the master being female. If he, if he took over another person's body, which we've seen before, you know, um, that's fine. But I just, you know, even when three mass, yes, three mass, um, even when, um, Christopher Eggleston was regenerating into, you know, um, into the tenth doctor, he you know he was telling Rose I could have two heads or whatever. I, I didn't agree with that either because I think there there should be some sort of in the regener- in the regeneration process some sort of limitations that that stays true. You know you can change hair color, skin color, whatever, but something has to remain constant. You know I mean it's not a big deal. It's just one of those things that um, I, I just feel that you want that, to change your doctor, don't you? Yeah, I'm all for it. I mean, I you know even and you said even <laughs> even if they were to bring the the doctor if they if they, you said that you, you feel this is a maybe a stepping stone for possibly changing uh, the doctor to a female. Yeah. Um, you know, and I've said it in the past where I wouldn't even have a problem with that. It's just it's if you know one if they could you know if they restarted the series you know him at, as a her or if they did it some other way instead of regeneration um, or you know. It's just I feel that there needs to be a balance, and that's why I think when I'm watching Doctor Who, if there's too many fantasy elements, too much fancy, fanciful things that are going on, it you're allowed a certain amount of you know artistic license. But once you pass a certain point, then it just becomes too much. And I think inherently in Doctor Who, there's a certain amount of um, fanciful things, the TARDIS itself, the the Time Lords, and all that. That you need some sort of restriction, something to ground it, um, just to balance things out. This is Deborah Watling, and you're listening to Doctor Who Podshot. We'll continue with our review in just a moment. I'd like to remind everyone about Audible. Audible is the premier provider of digital audiobooks. Audible has over 150,000 titles to choose from in all different genres, including science fiction. They have hundreds of Doctor Who titles, but that's not it. They also have comedy, they have business, they have romance titles, and so much more. Audible titles will play on your iPhone, Kindle, Android, and more than 500 devices for listening anytime and anywhere. And for you, listeners of Doctor Who Podshock, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so you have a chance to check out their service. If in that time you decide it's not for you, simply cancel and you keep your free audiobook. It's yours to keep. To download your free audiobook, simply go to audibletrial.com slash podshock. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash podshock for your free audiobook. Have no fear. If you can't get to that URL now, you can't write it down. 
Go to our website, podshock.net, later, and you'll find the link to it there as well. So last week we had a recommended invasion, which, you know, which we were now, we were um, reviewing Dark Water, which had a nod there to uh, the 1960s submarine story invasion. And so we're going to continue on that thread with a recommendation for Tomb of the Cybermen, another 1967 story with the second doctor. The doctor, Jamie, and Victoria meet up with a group of archaeologists that are intent on uncovering the mythical Tomb of the Cybermen. These tombs aren't filled with dark water, but they're just as terrifying. Similar effect. They, they also encounter the cyber leader and um, these um, cyber mats as, as well. So it's an interesting story. This audiobook uses the actual soundtrack from the TV series. There's also another version of Tomb of the Cybermen available on Audible, which is the, um, from the, it's, it's a narrated from the novelization, uh, which doesn't. So you have a selection there. This also includes a, um, a bonus interview with Fraser Hines, who's, who does the narration here. This is, it's written by Kit Petler and Jerry Davis. Let's hear a little bit from Doctor Who Tomb of the Cybermen. you go. You can blast yourself one lump of rock and all you've got's another. No, wait a minute. Look! Man, you just blew yourself a pair of doors. <laughs> well, come on! What are we waiting for? Elated, the expedition party begins to scramble up the cliff with Toberman leading the way. The group's financiers, Eric Kleeg and the woman, Kaftan, follow close behind him. At last, they reach a ledge where two massive doors are exposed in the blasted rock. Two giant silver figures are embossed in the metal on either side, as if guarding the entrance. The expedition stands for a moment, breathless and awestruck. It is Kaftan who breaks the silence. 50 pounds for the first man to open the doors. Miss Cuthman, I must remind you that I am the leader of the... One of Captain Hopper's crewmen steps forward. He approaches the doors and lifts his hands to grasp the handles. There's a blinding flash and the man's body jerks and spasms before toppling to the ground. What happened? I don't know. Well, one thing for sure. He's not going to collect 50 pounds from you or anybody else. Quiet. Quiet a minute. What's that? Sounded like an engine. Something came down over there, behind that rock. Okay, Viner, slow down. I'll take care of this, Jim. Okay, I've got it. Captain Hopper and Jim Callum cross to the next ridge and duck out of sight, their guns drawn. Parry and Rogers follow. The Doctor, Victoria and Jamie appear... The doctor leading a nervous Victoria by the hand, while Jamie, resplendent as usual in his clan tartan, brings up the rear. Hold it right there, friend. Will you put it like that? I certainly will. Did you hear that, Professor? English. Yes. All right, Hopper. The captain lowers his gun. Thank you. Who are you and where do you come from? And you'd better have a good story. Maybe you'll not get one. Listen, fella, we're not playing games. You'd better listen to him. Now, what's been happening over here? 
The doctor makes his way down to the ledge and stoops to examine the dead crewman. He was killed the moment you made your appearance. Ha! And you think we did it? Oh, no. I can assure you we had nothing to do with the death of this man. He appears to have been electrocuted. Try to open these doors, perhaps? He seems to know all the answers. A wise guy. I think this fellow must be a member of a rival expedition. Expedition? We've tried to keep it secret. Unsuccessfully, it now appears. Look at him. Archaeologists written all over him. Really doesn't show. There, you see? It's impossible to keep a secret in the scientific world. Doctor, what do you mean? Tell them, Doctor. Go on, tell them. No, not until they tell us the purpose of their expedition. This is an archaeological expedition. We are searching the universe for the last remains of the Cybermen. Cybermen? You mean to say they came from here? But of course. Telos was their home. This is the entrance to their city. We know they died out many centuries ago. What we don't know is why they died out. Callum, Rogers, yeah. get him back to the rocket. I'll be with you in a minute. Okay. Well, that's that. Are you coming back to the rocket with me, Professor? What for? You're not going on with this, are you? Look, I don't know if these people had anything to do with it or not, but one of my men has just been killed. You're not paying that kind of money. Yes, I suppose that's quite true. Now, you think it over. Come on, let's go. We'll wait for you back at the ship. Uh, the problem, I take it, is to open these doors, right? Huh, brilliant. That is the problem. And we would prefer it if you returned to wherever you came from. Oh, not very friendly, are they, Doctor? Oh, yes, do as he says. I'm afraid that became impossible the moment that name was mentioned. What name? Cybermen. Cybermen? What are they? I knew they were here on the same quest. No one would come here for any other reason. We must stay. Oh, Doctor. Oh, must we? I don't like the look of those things at all. We shall stay and help you with your search. Suppose we don't want your help. That's just it, you so obvious. Do now. I'm sure we can agree. I can open those doors for this you. It's our problem. And I suggest you take this ridiculous expedition of yours off this planet. It seems to me we have as much right here as you have. Of course you have. Mr. Klieg, must I remind you again that you do not speak for this expedition? I am its leader. You and Miss Kaftan are only here on sufferance. Well, thank you. And whose money is paying for the hire of that rocket? Mine. I thought I made it quite clear that your financial support did not entitle you to a say in the running of this expedition. Of course it was quite clear. Was it not, Eric? Of course. No one questions your leadership. Ah, yes, good. That's all settled. And now we shall open these doors. What? Once again, that was Tomb of the Cybermen, and that could be your free audiobook selection. To download your free audiobook, as I said before, just go to audibletrial.com slash pachak. Again, that's audibletrial.com dot com slash podchalk for your free audiobook. And now let's get to it back to our review of Death in Heaven. Ten zero eleven zero zero by zero two. What did you say? The current coordinates of Gallifrey. It's returned to its original location. Didn't you ever think to look? You are lying. We can, we can go together, just you and me, just like the old days. You've been clapped in irons. If you like. Doctor, I'm assuming you'll remember those coordinates. No, no, don't you dare. I won't let you. Old friend, is she? If you've ever let this creature live, everything that happened today is on you. And you're not going to let her live again. Clara. All I'm doing is not letting you kill her. I never said I was letting her live. Oh, doctor, to 
save her soul. But who, my dear, will save yours? Say something nice. Please. You win. I know. She's alive. She can't be here. She is. She fell out of a plane. Cyberman must have caught her. Doctor, she's talking about her dad. Of course, the Earth's darkest hour and mine. Where else would you be? I thought Gomez, uh, who plays, um... Michelle Gomez, who plays Missy, I, I think she does a, a good job playing Missy or, or, or the master or, you know, <laughs> however, uh, whatever you want to call her character. I think she, the only thing I, only thing that concerns me sometimes is when she, and I'll use the word that, that she uses, is when she goes a little bit too bananas. It just reminds me a little bit of, um, uh, uh, what's his face? Um, um, John Sim. John Sim, thank you. I, I, no, no discredit John Sim, but just the way they chose to uh, to portray the master during his era was a little bit too over the top and bananas, you know, in certain ways. I always prefer the more calculating um, evil behind the eyes and not, you know, extrovert, you know, going, you know, bouncing off the ceiling type of evil. But I think she, I think she did a, um, I think it was a good selection. And oh, I hate doing this, but I, going back to that extra thing, Stephen Moffat said when casting her, they originally saw her for another role, and I was thinking, well, maybe that they didn't specify what other roles she was up for in Doctor Who, and then they decided, oh, well, she she would be the the part, she would be great to play the Missy character instead. But I, I'm assuming, I'm guessing, since um, if we go back to a heist, um, to, was it time heist? Where um, and I'm trying to remember. I can't remember the character's name, but the, oh, I, yes, I'm, I'm, uh, the um, yeah, yeah. I'm the, thinking the her. The, yeah, I'm, I'm guessing, yeah. and I don't know. And this is just my own speculation, my own guess. Is Keely Halls? Keely Halls. Yes. who was in uh, Ashes to Ashes. Played that part. Yeah. So I'm I'm assuming maybe she was up for that role again. That's just my only because they were similar. Um, I don't know. Just my guess. No, sounds. The only, that's the, the 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 last major female one, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, once again, uh, we'll open it up to callers. Uh, and the number here is seven two four 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 seven four four four. Call ID is two three three five eight. And as always, Podshock supporting subscribers will get preference in the queue. And um, uh, before I do, I, I think it was interesting seeing that um, how they brought back the brigadier in a way, you know, without obviously we, we lost Nicholas Courtney, but it was interesting how they did it in this story. And, and they made sure at least they had his photograph on, yes. on screen. Yeah, uh, it was good. And um, I don't know if you want. Are we going to give our ratings before we go to the oh, we could. people in yeah. the queue? Yeah, so, I mean, sometimes I'll, I'll save it for the end, but we could, uh, lately we've been doing it before. Um, I, I, you know, I, I'm going to say I don't think it's any secret, though. Um, I think I'm going to I'm going to continue with um, my rating from last week and, and give it a five out of five. I, I thought I thought it was very good. I, I mean, they did have some 
some parts that um, didn't hold up as strong as others, but I, I don't, or I think overall it was, um, it, it's a very strong story and with the characters and um, I, again, you could nitpick and I, there's certain things, like I said, with the, with the boy coming back and D- Danny being in some other dimension or whatever that was, you know, I had a little problems there, but, uh, but I'll, I'll give it a five out of five. All right. Well, I, I will certainly give it an absolutely very solid four, maybe more than that. And those people who have put their ratings in text, I'm sure we'll read those out by the end of the show. But we want to hear those people on audio, I think, first. But, yeah, yeah. four, four and a half, uh, definitely um, very strong, with just a few quibbles that may come back to, to, to bite me a little bit. That's probably why I'm mm-hmm. holding back from the full fire. And I think I'm rating it more in terms of the other episodes of this series of this season. Um, you know, you know, you, you kind of have to judge each. You know, you, you can't compare stories from um, Troughton's era to this era. You know, you, you have to judge Doctor Who in its own era. So that's what I try to do. Is um, you know, among what I expect to see Doctor Who today. You know, compared to like 1976, which is a whole different era, and and I, I rate things differently then. All, All right, right, so let's um let's get um some voices on the show, and as always, Kyle is back. It's good to have him back. Let's get Kyle back on the show. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning. Good, a- good afternoon. How is, how are both <laughs> of you? Doing well. Absolutely fine. Thanks for waiting. Thanks, yes. No problem, no problem at all. I really don't have that many comments today because you guys covered quite a bit of the information, but I will say that this episode made the entire series worthwhile for me. I'll go ahead and give my rating. I'll give it a strong five. I I thought it was fantastic. Um, The scene with the doctor... um, well, several. There were several scenes, but the scene with the doctor flying into the TARDIS when he uh, took hold of the jacket and you saw the red underlying—I uh, just got a big flashback in my head of, of the third Doctor, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I really can't uh, critique this episode very much because there really wasn't anything in it except for the very end with with the. Next time, Santa Claus here, uh, you know, that was the only thing that I would say that I didn't like. Um, Missy, for me, is one of my favorite incarnations of the Master. Now, I would have rather seen her be perhaps the Ronnie, but the way that Michelle Gomez portrays the character, Mm -hmm. I do like the bananas. I want more bananas. She's great (laughs) at bananas. I mean, uh, as long as it's tempered. I, I mean, I, I think I think she did I think she well, did it well. Yeah, I, I think the, the way that as I think she her amount of bananas is okay. It just I, I just what, I just fear that it might go too much. But I, I think she she's been doing well. Very, well if I compare her banana to uh, <laughs> you know the the way that John Sims did, I am so uh, more into how she portrayed yes. the zany, wacky. Yeah. Back Agreed. and forth than his. His was a little more manic. Hers was uh, crazy. Taunting. Mary it's it's and, sort of you know, a taunting you know, bananas. That, I thought. I, yeah, I I but I agree. Exactly. I think I, I wasn't complaining that. I, I just I said I, I get worried 
but she didn't cross the line. I think um, I think the, the amount of bananas that she displays, and and I think it's done in a way where it's sort of like trying to get the doctor's goat and or trying to or, or whatever other character that she's interacting with is trying to get to them in a certain way, and it's it's not just for effect. It's I mean it is for effect, but it's not it's for their effect, not for the audience effect. Right, yeah. and. Um, you know, another thing, uh, one of my favorite scenes throughout the entire, um, and to, it was the scene in the graveyard. It actually, I'll be honest, got me, I was choked up a little bit when uh, you realized who, you know, the Cyberman really was and that the Cyberman was who had saved Kate from falling out of the plane. Mm-hmm. That was very well done. Then the salute, yes. you know, totally mm-hmm. choked up there. That was brilliantly done. And uh, I think that was the the highlight of that entire episode for me. Um, the the prosthetics that they did on Danny was done excellently. Um, you know, I, I'm I can't say anything negative. It made me now appreciate, and it kind of is a foreshadowing. And I know I'm bouncing here, but it was a little bit of foreshadowing of something that I said before that I had a feeling that once we got to the end my entire opinion of this entire season would change, in which it did. And I actually think it was one of the sadder seasons since it's come back, one of the darker, sadder uh, seasons. So five out of five, I thought it was fantastic. Ah, that's great. I mean, the the thing, I mean, when somebody mentioned Mary Poppins, I must admit, I didn't like her coming down with an umbrella. Yeah, I was thinking Uh, of Steve. Uh, Rice Pudding Brain was uh, mentioning it in in previous episodes, and I I thought of him immediately when I saw that. You know, I do do have, I I did not like the uh, exit of Osgood, so to speak, because I did get that feeling, as you guys did, that we might would have seen her as a future companion. However, you know, with Doctor Who, anything is possible. So, um, you know, that there we go. That's that's my two cents. Like I said, don't really have that much because all I can say is good things about it. So it was done very well. Yeah, I think um, you know, I, I, unless you dilute the master uh, Missy's. Um, killing her in this episode you know by bringing her back maybe as i said they could bring her back in a way where it's through time or you know we see we see her again before these events that take place in this story i that to me that's the only like really reasonable way to bring her back well you know i hope that considering that Santa Claus will be in the next episode i really really hope that that's not because uh, I think it will cheapen this episode. Yeah, there's some kind of magic backdoor, and I yeah. hope they don't do that. Yeah, I was saying that's my that's exactly my point. Exactly my point. Now, what what about Danny's descendants now? Because we see, don't we see a, a descendant of him in an earlier story? Um, oh, what, I'm trying to remember his name. Um, we we did. Uh, uh, um, Oh, it begins with oh, oh wow! Right. I can't remember his name, but yeah, or Orson or uh, Orson yeah. Pink. Yes. So well, what? Yeah. What if an easy way around that is she's already pregnant? I know that's that's. I think you might have someone brought it up last week, so that's. A, I guess it's a possibility. Or Christmas. <laughs>
sorry. I just I, I just have this gut feeling that that's what Christmas shall bring. So we, we will see. So did you you said the only thing you didn't like was the revelation of Santa Claus and the TARDIS. Now, obviously, this we're, we're going to learn more about this character and, um, you know, is Santa Claus really a Time Lord or something like that? I don't know. Right. I know. I mean, that, that, that was the – but now, I'm telling – I will say this for – and I know this is, you know, not, not this episode, but having Troughton's son, I'm curious to see what character he's going to be playing at Christmas. Um, yeah. Oh, I, I do. I do want to ask you guys one question. It was something that was being discussed in the chat earlier. M- Missy gave, and I think this was right in the clip we just saw or listened to. Um, Missy gave the coordinates, supposedly of Gallifrey. He what? And then he goes there, and then he has a tantrum after opening, you know, the TARDIS door and then closing it. What did he see? What, what what do you guys think? Nothing. Empty space. It was our, yes. That's what I assumed. No, that that was what I assumed too. Lewis, what did you think? Well, yeah, empty space. That was um, unless Gallifrey is being cloaked somehow. But it's it's like, ah, like cloaked, right? Yeah. It's um, it was yeah. empty space. So, or I, as I was joking before, it just so happens to be that the Tartars was pointing the wrong direction. If he had, he had opened, if there were doors, if there were back doors, there was Gallifrey right there. He wasn't looking the right direction. But again, that's just of course the place joking. could be right, but it could be out of phase rather than cloaked. Yeah, well, didn't it, what, did, what did Missy say? You know, you did, have that concept where uh, half a second out of our time, if you know what I mean. But Missy had said it was a different dimension. Didn't she say it was a different dimension yeah. but not lost? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kyle. Um, as always, I appreciate your input. Thank you very much, and I look forward to speaking to you guys again sometime in the future, past or present. So yeah, there we go. Definitely, we'll we'll, we'll be back. I, I'm going I'm to talk to you in the past. <laughs> yeah. I remember Absolutely. that conversation. It was a good. good it was a good one, wasn't it? All right. Well, I'll see you yesterday. <laughs> right. Cheers. See you the day before Cheers. tomorrow. Oh, I just I, I, I just got that joke you told, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> good one. All right. Cheers. Uh, I was just reading uh, uh, a couple of... I can just about manage to do two things at once. <laughs> You're better uh, and, than I. Uh, just reading uh, um, Terry Lightfoot from uh, is it The Dirty Heroes saying she was upset about them doing the brig, but uh, somebody else answered. But the other version of the brig was him dying in a nursing home, you know, uh, not a heroic death, so at least this gave him a heroic death. Yeah. So. It, it, it's very difficult. So uh, the thing is, he's such a beloved character. You can understand that uh, that people have different, you know, yeah, um, yeah. thoughts on it. I, I thought. I mean, that that picture on the plane, I think, was very nice. It was a very um, homage, good homage. Charles, to, yeah, yeah, Charles Martin. I thought the previous tribute to the brig was wholly unsatisfactory, dying in a nursing home. So I was mm-hmm. delighted to see him make the truly heroic exit. Far from disrespectable, I thought it was beautiful. But again, as I say, uh, half and half. Some people, I mean, my, I mean, I perhaps shouldn't quote these people's names because they didn't ask to come on here. But um, it definitely uh, split people about whether it was appropriate and tasteful or it wasn't. 
Yeah, well, I think since, unfortunately, we don't have Nicholas uh, Courtney around anymore, I think this is a way to kind of do it without him, unfortunately. But I, I think they, they, they did it the best way they could in this manner. All right. All right, uh, next in the queue is, I believe it's Jim, I, uh, Dreg, um, Dr- Doc. I'm not going to try to... It's Dr. Gonzo, I think his okay. name is. All right, let's, uh, let's hear from him. Welcome to the show. Uh, thank you for uh, going to me. I, I, I agree. I think I felt really touched with uh, with the tribute to the brig, even even as a Cyberman, who who by the way uh, wasn't destroyed. He kind of just went off. So uh, that's true. He's not necessarily gone. Mm-hmm. Um, true. Him being there uh, kind of makes me think. After the fact, uh, there's quite a few people who were in the show who have died, who were buried somewhere on Earth and could have come back uh, and may have been cyber people. Uh, the ponds being some of them. Uh, who, I mean, who knows? Um, Somebody said Nelson. Yeah, there's quite a few. So uh, it's 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 overall disturbing. Uh, nobody wants to be converted, but uh, there there is a history of people fighting conversion uh, due to strong emotional or sense of duty. Uh, so I'm I'm okay with it. I didn't feel insulted. I, I agree with Dave. Uh, you know, dying in a nursing home. Um, alone, as it were, uh, is is not quite as fitting as it, it should have been for the brig. So, um, I, I also hope uh, his image uh, might inspire some people to go back and watch some of the some of the great work that he did in, oh, yeah. in, in the old episodes. Um, I, I made a lot of comments uh, that that you know in uh, in, in uh, the Coltum show that that were brought up here. Um, one thing I, I didn't talk about that that I started thinking is. Um, the unit was tipped off by a tip from a Scottish, a woman with a Scottish accent. I don't know why they would mention that. Um, I, I, you know, uh, Moffat puts little clues in that come out later on, so I don't know if that's something we're we're going to see uh, resolved later on. I'm assuming um, that was Missy. Yeah, that's, he, the that's what said, my assumption was. Uh, she needs an audience. She wants an audience. That's, that's, yeah, that's a possibility. And she she did do some voices. So, um. Overall, I think it's a very solid episode. I, I think it's a good wrap to a very good season. I, I really didn't have trouble with too many things this season. Um, you know, that I don't love everything in every episode, but uh, can, compared to last seasons, I think this one flowed a whole lot better. I think it's a really great uh, launch for Capaldi as the, as the doctor. I, you know, you're always nervous when you see a new doctor coming out, and I, I was pretty I was pretty hooked. Um, relatively quickly here and um, I mentioned earlier I have an eight-year-old daughter who was really just not thrilled that that Matt Smith had left as the doctor at the end of last season mm-hmm. and she was hooked in really quickly too I, I think uh, he's done a wonderful job personifying everything that is the doctor and I, I'd have to give this a four and a half uh, or higher in my rating I think it's just wonderful very good good I think it was more of a consistent series this year um, absolutely uh, uh, the, the the only one I I found a bit too silly for my well I'll talk about that but it was the robot of Sherlock I didn't I thought it was a bit... <laughs> he did it again Sherlock oh, oh. Sherwood Sherwood <laughs> you know I didn't even catch it I just I, I heard it uh, but I, it just registered Sherwood even though he said Sherlock it just, well, it's it normal just, now it, it just alliterates <laughs> and that show's coming on BBC next year. It's free. Yeah, it's in the it's in the um, public domain now. 
and, and, and you guys, uh, wonderful job uh, doing the live shows this season. I, I, I think it's been great. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's, um, I appreciate it. Um, while we just while you just pause for your thought, let me just read out that uh, uh, Jiffy G Seven, who, who unfortunately had to just drop off, gave it a five out of five. I don't see another reading uh, rankings in the room, but if I see them and I have the opportunity, yeah, I'll read them, them out if Lewis permits. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Yes, please put your ratings in, in, in the in the chat if you're in chat there. Uh, also, as always, our website, There's, um you can rate episodes there as well. There's uh, each week with each new episode, there's a poll that goes up. So um, so that's always interesting and in seeing how people feel. You know, it's the same, same, you know, five out of five Tardis Groans type. I mean, if, uh, you can rate anywhere between that. Indeed, yeah. All right. Uh, the other thing is to, to mention as well that, and I think we mentioned it briefly last week, wasn't it? That with this being a 60-minute episode, and with the first episode being was it 74, 75 minutes? Although we've only had 12 episodes, we've had the same runtime as 13 episodes. Yeah. Uh, so Jim, thank you so much uh, again. I, we appreciate you um, your, your feedback, and um, it's always appreciated. Thank you. Okay. All right, so uh, let's hear a little bit more from this episode, and, and then we'll have some final thoughts, and then we'll talk about next episode, which is uh, next month, <laughs> or six weeks, or whatever. Clara. The doctor told me about the bracelet, how it can let Missy travel from one world to the other. This place is dying now. Yes, but the bracelet can bring you up. Just one trip, one trip, one person. He need to find his parents. He died a long time ago. I'm sorry, Clara. I truly am. I, I promise to keep it. Hey. Hey. I got your message. Two weeks late. Not bad. Improving. I see you've got news for me. News? You figured it out then. P.E. Figured out that was a way home. Yeah, yeah, he did. Oh, a good old PE. You'll make a maths teacher yet. Listen, Doctor, there's there's something that I have to tell you, and um, it's it's not good news. So just just listen, okay? I know. Sorry. I know exactly what you've got to tell me. You do. You and Danny are together now. That's great. That's how it should be. But the old man and the blue box—that's never going to fit in. So no more flying around. No more lying. Okay, no, that's not exactly... It's fine. No, it's not fine. It, it really isn't fine. I found Gallif. To, to quote the doctor, I'm thick. Because <laughs> I've watched it a couple of times now, and I, I got that clip out, and I told... I, I said when I had my say earlier that uh, that is really reflecting... Um, the, the you know the Sarah Jane Smith uh, leaving the fourth Doctor where he has to go off to Califrey, but I've just noticed something else listening to it. Not only is it that they've they've reversed the conversation because in this the companion is saying to the Doctor, "I've got to tell you something." Where mm -hmm. in the fourth Doctor and Sarah, the Doctor was saying, "Sarah, I've got to tell you something," and Sarah said, "Yes, I know." 
and here the doctor says you so he's not only gone back to that and homaged it he's reversed the two conversations yeah interesting yeah so the, yeah it is if you listen he, he says she said you know, he says i've got something to tell you which the fourth doctor says here clara's saying i've got something to tell you it's um definitely um uh, a homage to play to that, so that's even better than I thought. That little scene. And in uh, in our chat, Jim and Kathleen have put their ratings in at um, three point five out of four. I, I, I mean, I'm sorry, three point five to four out of five, both together fourish out of five. So, um, so they're relatively strong ratings there. Yeah, and, um, and another thing that, uh, presumably what you said in others, um, it's a two-parter where the second half hasn't disappointed. Uh, uh, for those who like the first half, they haven't suddenly come crashing down the second yeah, Either yeah. they didn't like the concept of this two-parter, maybe they're not Cybermen fans, or uh, they feel as though they didn't want, you know, female master, or uh, they don't like the way Moffat writes. But... It's not been a. If you like the first part, this has not been a letdown. It's got stronger in a way, uh, so that is good. And I don't feel as though the sort of, I don't feel as though the series has run out of steam. I think this was a, a suitably good uh, f- finale story. Tied up a few things uh, with what's happened. Don't want to say too much because you're hoping to have uh, another live show in a couple of weeks, I believe. But, um, uh, yeah, I think as a two-part it works. I hadn't thought about giving my joint score. I think I think I gave a very st- a strong four for mm-hmm. last week uh, and only four because it, there was some re- repetition, I thought. Uh, so this really, I think I'll have to bump this one up to four and a half because this was definitely stronger than last week's. Okay, very good. Yeah, I'm 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 sticking with the with the five out of five, and, and again judging it for for this series, um, twenty fourteen, and I, I think it's uh, for me it's the strongest of of the series these two episodes. And yeah, I do agree that last week after watching it the second time, I liked it less only because there was not enough there. But again, it was only one third of the story, you know, and then the two thirds mm. were in here. And um, though, though another, um, I don't know if I want to. It's not really a criticism, just a observation. In this episode, the pacing was very fast paced for the first half of this of this episode, and then and and then it, um, you know, because you, you, I mean, there. Cybermen mm-hmm. on the streets, and I, I, should, I should also point out. And again, this is just a little nitpick: having the uh, people hugging the Cybermen. Uh, the only little caveat there is that sometimes it's revealed that the because of the costumes, they're not really metal. Sometimes it, when when um, someone's hugging a Cyberman, you could see like, see the like the shoulder pads bend a little bit. There's there's like one scene in the background behind Missy where you kind of sort of see that again. Um, <laughs> Definitely not a deal breaker. I'm just just pointing out an observation. Uh, just like I said, with the pacing, it dramatically changes halfway through this episode because they're on the plane, the plane's exploding, he's falling. It's very fast paced, and then once they get to the the cemetery, everything sort of kind of slows down. But but they're still. I mean, not to say that that's bad. I'm just saying, just making that observation. When I got to the cemetery and saw the gates and the rain, I thought, is this Arkham? 
Sorry, Batman. So, but, yeah, um, of course, those people weren't bystanders because the, the 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 doctor was saying, "Well, they won't see them, or uh, they'll ignore them." But of course, the, they were pictures. the people, weren't they? Because they, yeah, yeah, pretending to be uh, ordinary people on the street. So, um, yeah, and then and then we have that scene, like you said, with the coffee shop and Clara leaves, and um, but and then we hear this voice. It's interesting how they did it because then the end credits roll up and we think, okay, well, that's that concludes this episode. And then, <laughs> then we hear this voice, and I'm paraphrasing now. Uh, you know, we it can't end like this. Um, she's not happy, and neither are you. Something to that effect. And then it's revealed who that voice is, and which we should point out that it's uh, played by Nick Frost, who um, um, is, is not Jack Frost. Uh, no, not Jack Frost. Nick Frost. <laughs> <laughs> Who's uh, no stranger to uh, to the genre of, um, of of this. He's uh, probably um, well known for his uh, work with Simon Pegg in, in various different projects. Indeed. Are we going to play out with that? Yes, yeah. Well, um, I'm just thinking of any other, anything else that um, pertaining to this episode that that should be pointed out. Uh, but I, I think we kind of covered all all the bases. I Seb, the character Seb was was Missy zapped him as well, played by Chris Addison. Once he started squeeing, <laughs> I, I thought that was kind of appropriate. And um, um, like I, I, there, there's a lot of little things in, in this story um, that, that are interesting, and, and I'm sure we didn't cover them all. But we want to hear from you if, you, if you're listening to this after the fact. Uh, you can um, always call into our, um, our feedback, um, the Pachak Public Call Box. That's the number there is two zero six three three seven four six nine nine. It works like just just works like voicemail. Just leave it a short. Um, um, feedback message, you know, about three minutes maximum, and we'll have it on the show. Uh, we've collected a few over the the span of these live shows, and we'll we'll get to that in a uh, in a studio show. Of course, you can always send your feedback to feedback at pachak.net as well. You can send a, you can create a voicemail and send it that way too. But as Dave said, next month I can't believe it's already November. I, my mindset is still like I don't know October. It's just it hasn't really sunk in that we're in November already. And next month is ho ho ho. It's uh, it's Christmas time again, and as always, there's going to be another Christmas special, and we get a little taste of it. Though this was not included in the episode itself, I'm a little disappointed with that. That this little uh, teaser clip is um, it was provided. Um, was this shown after the episode? Immediately after the episode on BBC One. Uh, it, was it was shown as part of the story. I mean, it, it, the credits started, and then the knocking started, so it was interrupting the credits. Yeah, no, no. But as far as uh, I didn't, pl- I didn't. I'm assuming. Um, is this the trailer that you have here for the Christmas special? No. Oh, okay. No. I thought it was the, the the end scene. All right. Okay. So this, this, there is a trailer for the, for those. Um, I, I, yeah. I, I thought that's what this was. There is a trailer if you... If, um, no, I said I watched that. I, I saved my... Oh, I thought you were kidding. Okay, I didn't realize you were serious. No. <laughs> I thought you were just joking. I, there's no... Sp- I talk you, literally. I, I haven't got the imagination. <laughs> that's not true. 
All right. Well, let's see, let's hear a little. This is again. This goes to this episode. Then. All right. Here we go. you eventually now stop gawping and tell me what do you want for Christmas so my apologies for paraphrasing what he what's in that clip anyway I, I again I thought that was the the uh, the next time trailer type of thing not not the Interruption of the credits there, so <laughs> my 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 bad. Yeah, uh, the thing is there that to point out is that if we assume that there's a, a rational reason why this person's dressed up the Father Christmas rather than as going into Fairyland again, is um, how he gained access to the TARDIS. Because well, that's why I joked before that the that, that maybe he's a Time Lord or something. The, the way he was, uh, he I don't know. I that's that's. You know, well, I mean, this isn't. We've seen this is similar to the the Titanic crashing into the um, into the TARDIS. You know that that was a little teaser, right. if you will. Um, was I don't remember the year. Was it twenty eight? I don't. I don't know. When, whenever it was. Uh, that was um, uh, the voyage, the start of the voyage yeah. of the Dam one, wasn't it? Which uh, was after maybe it was two thousand and seven. Been last of the Time Lords. Yeah, I. Uh, yes, December. To, yeah. Ah, how long? Are you joking? That's seven years ago. Wow. <laughs> oh, I need to sit down and a cup of coffee. No, I don't drink coffee. I forgot I don't oh, drink my. coffee. It'll have to be tea. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, next next year as we enter next year, it's going to be the tenth anniversary of the series coming back. Believe yeah. it or not. All right. Well, I guess that's going to wrap things up for this episode of Doctor Who Podshock. It's been interesting. It was um, good talking about this. Um, uh, like I said, we still want to hear from you. We're going to do a series review, uh, but we're going to, we're not going to do it next week. We want to give some time for uh, for people to kind of rewatch some episodes, if you will. So we'll have that as sort of a coming soon date to be announced. Um, we'll do a series review show where uh, um, as we'll review the whole series as a whole. Um, we won't we won't go we won't repeat ourselves as far as going into you know each reviewing every every episode but just how how it held up as a complete series so we'll do that and I'm looking forward to uh, for everyone returning for that show and like as I keep um, you know we'll post it in the usual places when when um, when it's set. Oh, and as always, you can catch Dave on the Cultum Collective at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, or Eastern Time. It doesn't necessarily have to be standard during Daylight Savings Time. It's not. <laughs> so, But you can catch him on TalkShoe at that time or after the fact on um, various podcatching clients, iTunes, what have you. And if you want to know more about this particular story, it was episode 279, and we have a 
a, uh, a surprise caller calling in oh, yeah. the show. Mm-hmm. Someone who's actually been on Doctor Who. Yeah, Missy now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I guess until then, cheers, everyone. Cheers. You have been listening to Doctor Who Podshock, presented to you by the fan-run GallifreyNMC.org. Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Doctor Who Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Doctor Who Podshock theme music by Jeff Smith at thejeffsmith.com. This has been a production of Art Trap Productions and has been made possible by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This podcast is also supported by the Podchock Podcast Companion app now in the iTunes App Store. Visit arttrap.com for more information on this and other podcasts. So now that I have your attention, welcome to the only planet in the universe where we get to say this. He's on the payroll. Am I? Technically. How much? Shush.